0: On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap a painful OU Texas, and we also recap some of the other big games in week six of college football and give you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast, rate it five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those and you'll find us. All right. Our man Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, October 10th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Hiker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and there are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino. But it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match roulette, and Teddy's favorite, craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And to learn more about their gaming promotions and entertainment options in the month of October, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best now, recording this Sunday afternoon, please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment. Okay, what do we do? Like, I. what do we even, do we just do it how we normally do it? Is that is that what we do? Like, you talk about so. the defense, I talk about the offense, because that was, I, I'm not sure, I think on the scale, like rock bottom is if they lose at home to Kansas, right? That'll be rock bottom,
1: but we're pretty damn close, man. That was, that was non-competitive in Dallas. And that was, that was hard to watch. Yeah.
2: Non-competitive is a, a very rosy way to paint the picture but very true. Um, you know, it's it's just, it's incredibly frustrating. I, I don't, I just don't think it's, I don't think it's constructive to, to sit here and, and continually talk about all of the bad things that have happened over and over and over, and, you know, getting blocked and missing plays and lining up wrong and, you know, I, that stuff just has continued. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. At some point, you have to, you have to look at this season for what it is at, the, at, at this point now is no one cares about a bowl game. At least I don't. Maybe some people do. Um You're not going to win the big 12. I don't. I don't even know or care if you're mathematically eliminated or not. It ain't happening. Um, so I, this has to turn into a developmental year and there's got to be some decisions made on by where is the difference between who gives us the best chance to win and who gives us the best chance to win in the future. And we start to get them right. And, You know, it's not as easy as throw all the young guys out there. You know, it's – and I don't know how you feel about this, but there's a point whenever someone is still too young and not prepared to be out there, not just because, you know, they, you're not going to win with them, but it can be detrimental to the player to put them out on the field whenever they're not ready. And all they're going to do is mess up, get exposed. Like you, I don't, I don't know how you, how do you deal with like destroying players confidence? You know what I'm saying? I I mean, is that even something that you consider? Do you like, do you worry? Would you worry about that?
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And you know, I we'll talk about the game, uh, I guess, but feel like we're just going to repeat a bunch of the same stuff we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Now, offensively, ooh, I have some thoughts. Yeah. But as far as moving forward, right? Because I think that is the best, you know, that's, that's like the question now is how do you move forward if you're Brent Venables and this staff and these players because you've gotten your ass kicked three weeks in a row uh, the last two weeks have been just I mean, not even close, man. I mean, not yep. you, not even competitive football games. I mean, you lose forty nine to nothing to your rival, and it could have
1: been on sixty something to nothing if they wanted it to be. I, I think, I think you're right. I think all of the goals and and. You know when you when you play at Oklahoma, the goals are pretty simple. Beat Texas, beat Oklahoma State, win the big 12,
0: And if you do that, if you're in the playoff, then you're in the playoff, right? Yep. Those goals, now at Bedlam, right? Still, at the end of
1: the year, you can still check that off maybe. but all of your goals are out the window. They're gone. And so now
0: the question becomes, how do you handle that? How does the staff handle it? Right. This has to be, there's a lot of successful guys on the staff that have won a lot of football games.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, I, I'm interested to see how they handle it as well. But the players is that that's what you worry about. Like, how bad is it going to get? Right. Like, what? what's the locker room like? What's the mood like?
1: You know, has the finger-pointing started? But I'm with you, man. Start playing some young guys.
0: Start yeah. building towards next year. I can't believe I'm saying, you know, there's six games left in the
1: season. But like you mentioned, uh, start building for the future. Who really cares
0: about this year? Now, like, I care. A lot of people care. I know the players care, like the coach guy. I know people care, but you you have to shift now with how the season's gone. Like you have to shift your goals and what you're trying to get out of the 2022 season. And it seems like building the best team you can for 2023 and the proper way to go about that, like that, should be the new goal, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, you know, and I will say something like the give Texas a lot of credit. That was a uh, that was a pretty damn good football team we saw on Saturday. And what's what's wild is the I, I don't I'm I'm not saying anything about like just like the overall talent level or anything like their players compared against ours. But I just visually that looks like a different football
0: team than what we have, you know, it, it's kind of similar to how it was last week. Like yeah. TCU. We, I mean, we talked about it, right. TCU's guys looked bigger, faster, and stronger, especially on offense. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm down there on the field. And you and I are talking pregame, you know, during the commercial breaks. I'm just like, damn, dude. Like Texas looks so much better than us physically. Yeah. And it's been like that at times in the past, right? We still beat their ass, but it was across the board. D-line, O-line, skill, talent, like defensive backs was where it was. I was just like, good Lord. Yeah.
1: That's where... Man, it was, yeah, the bigger, faster, stronger, more physical football team honked Oh you. I mean, that's just, yeah. we all watched it. That's exactly what happened.
2: Yeah, uh, and, you know, I, I don't know necessarily what they do moving forward defensively as far as, you know, scheme-wise. Um, you know, I'll just say, and people that have have heard me talk about it before know this. I have never been a fan of the three man front. Um, I think what it requires is is like almost too difficult for for college defensive linemen. And there's guys that can do it, but there's so few and far between. I right? the first thing you got to have is like a a 360 pound nose guard, and we don't have anyone that's anywhere close to that. Um, you know, it, it just, it, it makes it, it makes it really difficult. I, I wish that, I wish we were, were, would stay in the four man front until we get the personnel. That's a a little more, you know, suited for that type of, of defense, but, you know, I'm torn because I know that you've got to, you've got to develop for the future. And part of developing for the future is you know, doing what you do, no matter what happens, like, this is what we do. This is, these are our calls. We have to be able to execute these no matter what, no matter who the opponent is, no matter what the score is, like, this is our base stuff and we have to live in it. Maybe we take our lumps right now, but at some point, you know, we're, we're, it's, it's going to start to turn over for us and these are going to be, our bread and butter uh, fronts and coverages that we can run against anyone. So I mean, I think there's there's a lot of that that needs to continue to go on and it's going to be frustrating and players may question it from time to time. and I know the fan base is definitely going to question it, but you know'm I'm, I'm kind of torn, right if, if if this is if this truly gonna turn into a developmental year, a rebuilding year, I, I think maybe you just stay in what you do and grind it out as ugly as that may be.
0: Well, I, it's been incredibly ugly the last three weeks. Yeah. I mean, the three man front has, I, I mean, ineffective is the kindest word I can use. I mean, they have gotten pushed around. They've been carved up by the run, by the past, like they have not, I mean, what have they accomplished? In the three-man front over the last three weeks, nothing.
1: Nothing.
2: That's where anything. Period. In the last three weeks.
1: I mean, do you even do you even have any thoughts?
0: (laughs) Like, do we even want to talk about how the defense played in the game? Like, I, I know that's how we always do it. You talk about the defense. I talk about the offense. Like, do you have anything you want to say about what you saw? No.
2: not really uh you know it was we're we're blocked up front uh, you can this is just the, it's the same thing you can just rinse and repeat we're blocked up front um we're we're not downhill not physical enough at linebacker um we're we're out gapped we are giving up the edge we're peaking um, we're jumping the under routes and not staying back on the deeper routes. We're losing guys in in coverage crossers. I mean it's just there's just too much there to really to really dial in on any one specific thing. We, we have moments where we've got Bijan Robinson dead to rights and he he gets away from us. you know I mean there's some good stuff mixed in there without a doubt, you know I, I thought. <laughs> And maybe this is a bad thing to say, but I thought that the guys continued to fight, you know. I I didn't see a whole lot of quit out there. I mean, it appears that way whenever you're getting handled physically, but you know, I I I just I don't know I don't know what the point is to just continue to just beat down all the negative stuff that happened out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is like there's no pressure on Quinn Ewers absolutely none had had a free pocket to throw from the entire day which you know that's one of the things i hate about the three-man front is everyone's head up it is hard as hell to rush the passer whenever you're head up i mean if i was to ask you if you're blocking someone in pass protection would you rather have a guy lined up straight up and down over the top of you would you rather have a guy on an edge if you're if you're blocking them yourself and you'd probably say give the game put him straight up and down on me. I mean, that seems like it would be way easier because all we talk about is, as rushers is getting to an edge and it makes it incredibly difficult. You know, we, we didn't have the the same rush principles that I continue to talk about. Don't fly up the field, leaving, you know, gaping holes for the quarterback to escape through. We did that uh, on several occasions and, you know, it's we're late on blitzes. If in. You know, I wish I could just pound this into everyone's head that's out there playing, and maybe it's players and coaches. It is pointless to run a blitz if you are late. I'm just going to tell you right now, they already know that you are in the blitz. They can see the safeties adjusting behind you. They already know who's coming. You might as well line up in it. That is better. At least you get one-on-ones across the board than to come from depth and be late as hell. It becomes a totally worthless endeavor. And that happened all day long. Um, I mean, that's just <laughs> kind of kind of the day in a in a nutshell right there.
1: Yeah. Tackling wasn't good. Now, Bijan Robinson is hard to tackle,
0: but you know, just guys getting run through, getting drugged, that was discouraging, but it kind of goes back to what we said about how much better Texas looked physically than Oklahoma. Um, something that was discouraging. It's like you play against an offense, all spring ball, all training camp that runs tempo, and you can't get lined up and get the call in. That was very frustrating for me to watch. From Oklahoma's defense. Then, yeah, this,
1: the defensive line has disappeared in the last three weeks. Very little production, very little disruption. You can't play good defense if your defensive line is a non-factor. It just, it's impossible. Yep couple oh. other
0: guys banged up right Bowman already banged up Woody Washington was battling that shoulder all game now I do want to give him some credit you know bump him back to that safety spot right I mean the guy's a corner and they they asked him to play that position and uh, I thought that you know while he took some bad angles on some things I thought he played his ass off
2: yeah no he did and, and that's you know I, I saw a lot of good fight from everyone we had we played some more different different guys out there defensively that that made some plays it's just you know we're a long we're a long way away right now from playing as one um we're so limited in depth uh you know we're, we're limited in depth at inside backer we're limited in depth at uh, some of the secondary positions um you know you just there, there's not a whole lot of guys to rotate through but you know I I think you'll you'll probably start to see some of the younger guys get out there on the field a little bit more. You know they were out there in, in the in the fourth quarter at times yesterday, and you saw some good things. You saw some things that you expect from young guys. I mean that's just that's how it's going to go. But you know they they got to start to dip their toes in the water, get used to it because moving forward, you know uh, that's that's the future.
0: Anything else, I mean, yours was good, but like you mentioned, I mean there's gonna there's a lot of quarterbacks that are gonna play well when you have zero pressure and you feel comfortable all game right there's but thought he was impressive um you got anything else? I feel like that this is when when you talk about the overall mood of the podcast this is. This is the low point. Yeah. In the history of the in the history of this podcast. So it
1: is I I don't know, man. The defense has fallen off a cliff. I and I can't I can't explain
2: how or why it's fallen off a cliff. Uh, I understand we're playing better teams. I get that. But they're not that much better, <laughs> you know what I'm saying I mean it's not I, I don't know I don't know how how this has happened. I don't know where the disconnect is I don't know all I'm saying is I wish I could like go help. that's <laughs> you know i mean uh i I hate I hate just you know being stuck where all I do is talk about it and. You know, I don't know. It's frustrating.
0: I think we're all kind of there. Like, we all wish we could help. Like, if there was a way we could help, I think we all would do it. Yeah. But ultimately, it's up to the staff and those players and everyone that's, you know, has a hand in that program, you know, when it comes to the day-to-day stuff. I mean, we're just, we're just the radio and TV guys now, man. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And and I don't, I don't enjoy coming on here and
1: talking about how bad they played. It's just what you have to do. I mean, these last two games have just been. I mean,
0: it, it, we can talk about the depth, the lack of the depth, the rebuild. It shouldn't be this bad, though. I agree. I mean, there's enough talent. There's enough depth. It, like it shouldn't be this bad. So
1: that's what I'm trying to figure out. It's like, why, especially defensively, like, why is it this bad? And I, you would know better than I just, I don't have any answers, man. I
2: don't have, I don't have answers either. I I wish I could, I wish I knew. I mean, there's a bunch of things that I would do differently, but I, I always go back to the same thing. The, the, the call and the front does not matter. And I know people get all upset about that. Like, there's there's got to be something to point the finger at. You know, the three-man front sucks. Well, you're going to see the three-man front from almost every single team in this conference. Right? And they're going to all defend Texas way better than what we just did. So, you can't just point and say it's the three-man front right? Well, we should play tighter in the secondary. We should play further off. We should play man-to-man. We should play zone Like You have to play the call. I've been on a bunch of different defenses. At the end of the day, they all do almost the same thing. Everything, every team is a little bit different. The gaps may be a little bit different. The way you, you, you know, respond to different concepts or routes or whatever may be a little bit different. But the coverages are the same. It's all the same stuff. You got a handful of things that people do. Man free, two man. Uh, In college, you get a lot of quarter, quarter, half. Tons of cover three. Tons of man free. It's all the same stuff. Blitzes, you're going to get man blitzes. And you're going to get zone, you know, three deep, three under concepts. It's all the same. There's just a little bit of uh, nuance between it. So, like. We can we can get mad at scheme all we want, but the scheme is not much different than what anyone else in college football does. And. You know, they're not going out there and get pummeled forty nine to zero by Texas. So I don't know. I don't know. That's why I don't have any answers, because I just I, I don't know.
0: I think one thing is clear. And you and I, we've talked a lot about the importance of confidence on here uh, many times and how powerful that can be
1: uh, for a player and for a team. It it works in the other way also. Yeah. That defense has zero confidence. It's gone. All of it. And that's how they play. They – and this is – the
0: frustrating part for me, maybe the, the most the thing that bothered me the most watching that and the way kind of it unfolded was for so long we've talked about you know physicality and toughness and putting the work in like that's what separated Oklahoma from Texas,
1: right? Yep. And to watch Texas absolutely physically dominate and out tough
0: and just push all you around. That was, I mean, it's one thing if you're busting coverages like you did against TCU, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But this game, it was just, I mean, it was a physical assault, bro. Like that's why my attitude, like this is the low point. TCU was one thing. But this is the low point because it wasn't. There aren't these just huge mental busts where you're like, "Oh, they handed them touchdowns." Now this was eight play, nine play, twelve play, seven play drives where they just shoved it down their face, and they couldn't do anything about it.
2: Nope, and we we created a couple of opportunities early in the game, and it was like, you know, it it was it was. Like you said, you know, you created some opportunities, but you just did not have the physical ability to take advantage of them. You know, offensively, you couldn't move the guys. Defensively, you couldn't stop the guys from moving you. And whenever that's the case in a football game, there's just not a whole lot that's going to keep it from happening. And Texas figured it out really quick that they were going to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides.
1: Anything else you want to say about the way the defense played? Nope. Okay. Let's get to (laughs) whatever we just watched
0: on offense. So leading into the season, uh, we talked a lot about how things could get a little dicey if Dylan Gabriel went down at any point, but man, I'll be I'll be honest, I never thought it would be, it would lead to what we watched on Saturday. And this is, this is one thing I truly believe, and it it goes for the offensive staff and the defensive staff. But, you know, just talking about the offense, I believe the
1: coaching staff wanted to win that game. I believe they wanted to win that game. I think it's safe to say that, Ted. Mm -hmm. The fact that, they decided that offensive
0: game plan was what they had to do to give them the best chance to win that game
1: is alarming as hell. Uh, Now, now I don't know if they planned on
0: doing that much of the wildcat stuff. What are we calling it? The Willis cat. Sure.
1: The Willis cat. I, I don't know if they planned on doing that much of it, but that's what they ended up going with. Like, Bevel looked. I mean, he didn't look like he belonged on the field, man. I, it was.
0: If he wasn't making bad decisions, and I hate to put it all on him, but it's like it
1: starts with the quarterback. I mean, the guy couldn't throw a bubble. I know. I mean, he's bouncing bubbles. I just. How is there not a better
0: option than that? That's that's my thing. And I I know we saw Evers there at the very end and he bounced one and I was
1: like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but I, I don't know how it's that bad in that quarterback room. It, it's not like Jeff
0: Levy doesn't know what he's doing in there, man. And I did Levy they they put some they put together some creative stuff with that wildcast stuff, man. I mean, some stuff I really like to actually think they'll carry some of that forward without creative. And I mean, it really put the defense in conflict at times, but I mean, how, how can that be the quarter quarterback situation at Oklahoma, man? Uh, and how, I don't know. I don't, it's, it, it, it's, I mean, they had to run a grade school offense.
2: I know we, we could not, we attempted to throw the football down the field. I think twice, the entire game. One of them was Mims; he threw it out of bounds, and the other one was almost the hit Hail Mary.
0: me. It was like six yards out of bounds, almost hit me.
2: I think those are the only two times we threw the ball down the field. I could be wrong; there may be another one in there. But you just you can't win a football game that way, unless you're, you know, have the number one defense in the country, which we know we do not. Um, yeah. You know, and that's what happens whenever you've had so many quarterbacks transfer out. Right? Gosh, just think of the amount of guys that have transferred out. They're playing all over the country right now. Caleb Williams, Spencer Rattler, Tanner Mordecai, uh, Chandler Morris—they're right? all over the place. Right? That that quarterback room has been has been run through. Um, And we weren't able to, like Dylan Gabriel
1: coming. Can you imagine if he hadn't? What would we have done then? I have no idea. I know, and I, it's Dylan,
2: Dylan, I know people were frustrated with some of the things Dylan Gabriel had done leading up to this point, but my goodness, he looks like, Joe Montana, uh, you know, after, after what we saw on Saturday,
1: I, I, I just don't know. And, and once again, Levy and that offensive staff, they see those guys every day, but the
0: fact that they went with bevel, what the hell does that say about booty and Evers? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it, and Evers is a remember. young guy,
0: like, so we
2: we'll remember though. When Evers showed up in the spring, and and this is not the expectation. Like you I don't I'm not placing this on Evers at all. But when he showed up in the spring, it took them about five seconds to say, we've got to get in the transfer portal for quarterback
1: right now. Right. Yeah. What what do we talk about with this offensive performance like?
0: I mean, Bray Braden Willis, who continues to be the best player on this team.
1: I mean, he was basically your quarterback for this game. And now you you mentioned it. You're not going to beat a team as
0: good as Texas when you can't throw the ball. I mean, you're just not. But I, I was a little frustrated, and I know I'm sure some of the fan base was, well, like, They ran the Willis cat and the wildcat stuff with Eric gray and they got down in the red zone and then just went away from it, which was, which was confusing, especially, you know, what was it? The second offensive drive of the game, like you're going all the way down the field, you get to the 10 yard line and then you put the ball in Bevel's hands. Yeah. I just, and you run like inside zone into the strength of their defense on fourth down and you. You end up going fourteen plays and get no points. Like I, if you're going to commit to it, man, just like, just roll with it. I, yeah, I I don't know. Like I know that that's a that's probably nitpicking, Levy and the and that when, how miserable was his Saturday? Like, can you imagine? You've had the offenses that he's had, and that's the game plan you have to bring into a game.
1: Yeah. No, I. It's. I mean, whoa. It's just brutal, just brutal.
0: I'll say this, and I hate to write the kid off. I've seen enough of Davis Bevel. I've seen all I need to see. I think that's fair. Now, let's hope that Dylan Gabriel's healthy, you know, uh, healthy enough to be back on the
1: field against Kansas. But I've seen everything I need to see. I mean, the best throw of the day came from the damn punter. It's the truth.
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk
1: to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I mean,
0: I I guess we can keep talking about what some of the stuff we saw on offense. I mean, Eric Gray.
2: The good thing thing is uh, fully expect Dylan Gabriel to be back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that you know, we we assumed that he was not going to play. he didn't play, but him going through all the warm-ups and stuff, and you know, being out there on the sideline makes you think that he should be all good for Kansas, but I just don't know, I just don't know how Oklahoma ends up having to run that offense in a football game. And, and once again, the staff, they're seeing
1: it every day. I mean it couldn't have been easy them going yeah this is what we're going to have to do like that had to be a terrible feeling but
0: I don't I don't know but running back wise thought Eric Gray did some nice stuff in the wildcat uh, clearly the jump pass was brutal <laughs> I mean I don't know what else to say it but and, and that was another situation they kind of had another had a nice drive going and they come up with no points I don't know what the miscommunication was there. Maybe you just thought that Braden Willis is going to be wide open and it didn't play out that way. But, man, when you watch that on replay, God, it's bad. It's it's a tough watch.
2: Yeah, it's probably one of those where, you know, in the scout look all week, it probably popped open every time, right? And so you're just anticipating that it's going to be there instead of reading and and making sure you go through the proper checklist before you let that football fly, um, it was tough. Like like the place to run that pass would have been the fourth and one down inside the inside the ten. You know, whenever a defense is selling out on you, is that really wasn't a sellout spot um, as much, anyways. But you know, that's those are the type of things that happen whenever. You, you have to take it out of a quarterback's hands because, you know, you have to, they have to be kind of gotcha plays and, you know, there's a high risk and high reward there, but that's, you know, that's, that's what you end up with, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. Running back, other running back stuff. Marcus major uh, took some snaps in the wildcat stuff. Um, didn't look close to hundred percent to me. Uh, thought he lacked explosiveness. Clearly, that ankle's still bothering him. Wide receiver stuff. Uh, Marvin Mims. That had to be probably the most frustrating game of his entire football career. One catch for negative two yards. Yep. One of one of the most talented wide receivers in the Big Twelve. One of the most talented wide receivers in college football had one catch for negative two yards. I mean that's how bad it was <laughs> uh it Farouk I mean led the team in rushing like that was the best play the direct snap to him right that stuff that was the best stuff they did the GT counter action with the zone full zone away right at to him that was that was their best play yeah and early in the game takes a massive shot to his shoulder and that's something to keep an eye on moving forward um He did not look like that shoulder was feeling very good the rest of the way. Theo Weese, we barely saw him on the field, right? Because of the personnel grouping that they were going with. So I, I cannot imagine how
1: frustrating that was for Oklahoma's wide receivers. It's a talented group. And
0: they were basically, other than Farouk getting, you know, playing some running back essentially,
1: they were a non-factor in the game because the quarterback couldn't throw the ball.
2: Yep, it's. I know it's frustrating for those guys. Um, you can kind of you can see it in their mannerisms and how they're kind of carrying themselves out there. But you know, hopefully, we're back to traditional offense this week with Dylan Gabriel and those guys are going to have have a little more action. I I I think that one of the things that that has to happen moving forward is we have to have more ways of getting mims involved in the game plan All right and i know we go to him quite a bit whenever gabriel's healthy but we need more just different ways of getting him the football keeping him keeping him engaged keeping him energetic and that happens whenever you they feed you
0: the rock no doubt um tied in I uh, thought Daniel Parker was very up and down. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna say you're this tough guy that loves blocking, you better bring more on split zone, man. I'm telling
2: you, and I I hate to I hate whenever we talk call guys out individually, but like he straight up turned that shit down. Turned it down. And you know what that means whenever you say someone turns it down. But that's what it was. It's the only thing I can say about it is he straight up turned it down. And I know he's better than that. I know he's physical. I know he's tough. Like I know the game, I know the, the scoreboard doesn't reflect what you want it to at that moment. But that's on film now. Yeah. And and whenever he watches it. I know he's going to be really frustrated with himself. I hope he's frustrated with himself because that, that, that is not good enough. That is what – that play specifically is what people will pull up whenever they're talking about Oklahoma this year. and Like, what do we think of them physically? Look at this. Like, this is a straight, straightforward play. It's split zone. Everyone on the field knows what's coming. You're going backside with the defensive end. Here it comes, like, are you ready to get down or not? And whenever you turn it down like that, people are going to pull it up and, and say, this is this is where Oklahoma is right now." it was It was unfortunate. I was, it frustrated me, and I know he's way better than that.
1: Yeah,
0: it, I mean, it's on film. right? No, no matter how. No matter how bad you're getting your ass kicked, and never turn the camera off. Never, never. And kind of on the polar opposite of things, I, I cannot stress how impressive Braden Willis was in that football game. And it's not just the playing quarterback stuff, and like <laughs> you're asking your tight end to be the guy that's catching the majority of the snaps, and like everything that goes with that, and. But the guy continues to block at a high level. Um, I thought he was the most impactful player in the football game for OU's offense. And I don't think it was very
1: close. Um, we, we've said it plenty of times, but, like, you want 11 of those guys. Yep. He He plays one way, Ted. And it didn't matter what the score was. I mean they're down 35 to nothing. He's playing one way. Like it matters to him. Yep. Like he cares. And they got to find more guys like that. And the guys that don't want to be like that, they got to get they got to get rid of them. Hit the portal, man. I just bought him like you
0: you got to find every guy who's willing to play the way that Braden Willis plays and is willing to care the way that he cares. He wasn't perfect, but, man, like, you turn it on late third quarter and he's still flying around, trying to pancake guys. Like, the guy plays one way.
2: Yep. It's it's frustrating, like, whenever you can see the – you can see the, the difference, like the, the contrast in effort and attitude and want to and, and attention to detail, like all of those things. Like you said, it's not perfect. And it's never going to be perfect at any level for anyone ever. But just go out there and go 100 miles an hour. Like each individual play is going to decide the outcome of the game. Because you never know if it's going to be the one that does, ever. You never know if it's going to be the block. You never know if it's going to be, um, you know, whatever it is that you have to do on a given play, you never know if that's going to be the one that decides it all. And, And he plays that way, and I commend him for it. And we've said that. We're six games in, and it doesn't matter if they're playing Texas or Kent State or UTEP. It doesn't matter. You see the exact same thing on every single play regardless of opponent and regardless of score.
1: And
0: the, the thing that frustrates frustrates me for, you know, for Braden is like you're a senior, you know, you're a captain for the game. Like you feel a certain responsibility, right? When you're in the leadership role he's in, like why, why can't I get the other guys to care the way I care? And ultimately, like footballs a team game. It's the ultimate team game. But it is a team game that depends on individuals being invested. You can only you can only do so much as a leader. Braden Willis can't make the other guys care as much as he does, as much as he wants to try. He can't do it.
1: You can't make another guy care. They got to figure that shit out on their own. And there's a lot of guys on those offense on that offense that need to look in the mirror and say, okay, how invested
0: am I? What does it mean to me? So I just so I'm frustrated for Braden because I, I'm sure he feels a heavy sense of responsibility, but ultimately he can only do his job. Right. That's football. Like, do your job. That's all you can control. Control what you can control. And just try to drag the other guy's asses with you. And it's just, I mean, you can't do it. I mean, the other guy's got to figure it out, man. Uh, I'll just finish I, I have a few offensive line thoughts. No offensive lineman had a winning grade for me. Uh, Anton Harrison looked banged up, uh, did not have much explosion out of his stance. Now, I respect him for playing, right? Uh, Thought he battled pretty good, though, at the point of attack. Just not as dominant as you want, but the guy's playing hurt. Uh, mccain Matoyer.
1: I mean, he played the way I've come to expect him to play. Bunch of stalemates, covers a bunch of guys up.
0: Not getting much movement, especially against the size and athleticism that Texas had on the interior. Uh, Ram. I mean, he had some rough moments. Still. I mean, he, he did, but and we knew that was going to happen with, with the interior DL they had, but kind of like the fight he showed, and he actually showed some glimpses of the player he can be. Uh, actually had some snaps. He's playing with good leverage, good bend in the knees, good arch in the back, good flexion at the ankles, hands inside, grabbing, and I was just like, wait, what is this? Look at him. He's blocking someone. He's blocking
1: a talented player. So if I can take those three or four clips and say, hey, do this, that would be great. Uh, Chris Murray, the guy always plays with physicality,
0: but his lack of length really showed up in this game. It got exposed. Uh, Texas defensive line, just longer arms, knocked him back. You know, playing at or behind the line of scrimmage in some instances, just... You know that's that's not what you want to see, but that's kind of his result of his physical limitations. And then Juanne Morris, once again, out there playing hurt. Respect it. Um, Some good things uh, continues to be a little too passive at points in the game for me. Um, Had some loafs uh, on my grade sheet, which I am uh, I am not a big fan of, but altogether held up uh, held up pretty well. So. You got anything else with what we saw on offense, man?
1: Uh, no, I, I,
2: I thought there were some times i like to hear what you thought. I, I think Wanya Morris looks really good on some of those pulls. Yeah. Uh, he looks athletic, getting around the, the corner and stuff. Um, and I, I do echo what you say about some of those wildcat schemes. I, I, I like some of that. Hopefully we keep keep it in the game plan.
0: Yeah. I mean, some of the Eric Gray stuff like that little is basically just like a five man box run with Braden Willis inserting Mm -hmm. looked really good.
2: Yep. They can do
0: that with Dylan Gabriel out on the field. Like they should carry some of that stuff over. They really should. It was, it was a nice changeup.
2: Yep. I I think it's, I think it's good. It's super easy to install. Um, not a whole lot you could do defensively against it. You know, especially if the quarterback remains out there on the field, like you never know when they're going to break the huddle and, and line up in that and you've got to cover down on the guys that, that are out there on the field. You can't just leave them totally wide open, but yeah, I, I hope, I hope some of that stuff stays in
0: for sure. Um, just a few more thoughts. It's not really
1: on the game, but I, I think you and I both, we, we believe in Brent Venables. Uh, we
0: believe in the program. And where it's headed, you, you can say like, you feel good about the trajectory. You feel good about where the program is headed. There's
1: no other way to say it though, man. It, this is a bad football team. It's, it's a bad football team that is underachieving and you can blame the coaches. You can blame the players. It's everybody. Hell, blame the radio guys. I don't give a shit. It's bad ball. And they're getting embarrassed on the field like something's got to change because,
0: I'll tell you right now, Kansas is coming to Norman. They think they're gonna win. I know some guys inside that program already got Kansas alums
1: texting me telling me how they're gonna whoop our ass. How did we get there? Like, how are we here? And so that is where I. I don't know what's next. Like, you got half the season left. There's a lot of ball to be played.
0: Start planning for the future, whatever that looks like. Like, if you got to play Savion Bird and see what he can do, or Jake Taylor or you know, Jacob Sexton, play
1: him, man. Play those guys at guard. If you need to see more Javante Barnes at running back, play him. Gibson, Anderson at wide receiver, play him. I. Some of the young guys defensively play them like now. I know there's the red shirt rule, but what
0: is there to lose now? I mean, can't believe I'm saying that it's just right. where we're at.
2: Nope. Yeah, th- there, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of times in order to, to actually take a real deep look at yourself and see where you are and, and make a decision on, like, uh, what you want to do moving forward you have to hit you have to hit rock bottom and like like you said like 49-0 to Texas is is feels like rock bottom but if you drop four state, straight and lose to Kansas at home I think you will have finally found it and you know you have to do I you know I think there's there's a lot of there's a lot of skeletons in the closet and there's a lot of ugly things that have been hiding maybe in plain sight with that program. And, you know, I think a lot of it comes from the amount of steady success that we've had over the years. And you reach a point to where you feel like you're entitled to 10 wins a year. And, you know, I don't know where they're going to come, but, we're, we will be handed 10 wins a year from our opponents. Well, it's not the case. And there's a bunch of new shiny toys up there and a lot of good things going on in that program. But that is all there because of people before you. That's not there because of you. It's there because of what people before you did. So I, I think every now and then a little reset isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, and it's easy to say that now that we're in the middle of it, you know, it's, you never want to say that going into year. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll reset a couple of years from now. I, like we're, we're poised for something special right now, but now that you're in it, like this is, this is where you start separating the Braden Willis's from the everyone else's right. And see who's, see who's left.
0: Right. Okay. Let's get to call your shot. Um, and we've kind of addressed mostly everything that we got uh, from these responses, but Nick Miller chimed in, said, I'm just wondering why we didn't try a different QB. Nick, we did. They were just, one was a tight end. A couple were running backs. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. We had more guys take a snap yesterday than we've had maybe in the last 30 years.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it. It's, it's, hard to, it's hard to understand how it's that bad. I mean, it really is. Uh, this other one comes from Casey sooner who said from the head coach down, everyone talked about how the players were 100% bought in. Was that just coach speak or is there something much
1: deeper that's wrong in the locker room? That's the one that I've really had to grapple with that. I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think Venables is lying whenever
2: he says that everyone has been bought in. Like he says, I thought, I thought we were going to have pushback. I thought we were going to have a lot of pushback and we haven't, it's been, you know, it's been great. These guys have been great. So I'm trying to, like, it just doesn't marry up with what we're seeing on the field. And I don't know why I wish I, (laughs) I wish I had an answer, but I just, I don't know why.
0: One of. You know, one of the theories out there is that they practice
1: too hard. They're too worn down. Good teams practice hard. Go watch Bama practice. Now, I'm I'm fully aware Oklahoma does not have the roster that Alabama has. I get it. But good teams practice hard. That's it. Bottom line.
2: Yeah, I've been to a bunch of practices I've yet to see one practice that was ever anywhere as hard as any of the practices that I had whenever I was at Oklahoma. And I know that was a million years ago, but I, I refuse to believe that that is the case. Right. And at that time, no one had the compression shorts to wear and the full staff catering to every single like nutrition need that you have and tracking your sleep and tracking your GPS. None of that was there. And somehow everyone managed to make it through just fine and be able to play their ass off on Saturday. So I know that's a theory, but it's one that I would like to wad up and burn and never see or hear again.
0: That is, I think that is kind of a, a narrative that is developed that you and I just are not going to uh, jump behind.
1: Good teams practice hard. This just in: football's hard. Getting ready to play games is hard. Playing Which- games is hard. Yep. And the teams that can balance all of it, they're the ones that
0: end up playing good ball on Saturdays.
2: Did you hear what Tom Brady said the other day whenever he was asked about the parody in the NFL?
1: Did he saw just a bunch of bad football?
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I don't have, I don't, I haven't watched the NFL like film. I don't, I just, you know, casually watch it on Sundays. But you got to remember that in this sport over the last mainly over the last decade to 15 years. Almost every year, you practice less, you tackle less, you hit less, you do less, less off-season, less training camp, less in-season. It's continuous. Less, less, less. And you get to a point to where I know it's there's a lot about staying fresh and player safety and and that's fine. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking to kill guys out there, but you cannot do less and less and less every year and expect the same results like the football suffers. So, you know, and I know that this year they've done more at Oklahoma than they have in the past and. You know, why is it not marrying up with the results on the field? I, I, I just, I can't
0: answer that. I don't know. I, I'm with you, man. Just another great episode to have your birthday <laughs> shout out on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, happy fifth birthday to Slater Boz Seal. Happy
2: 11th birthday to Blake Wild McIntyre. Happy
0: 20th birthday to Gloria O. Happy 31st birthday to Ryan Palmer. Happy 40th birthday to Steven
2: Kintner. Happy belated 46th birthday to Jason Thomas.
1: Happy 51st birthday to Melissa Hesika Pesika. Yeah,
2: one of those two. Happy 52nd birthday to Aaron
0: Korsgens. Happy belated birthday to Jet Romines, Romines, Romines. Happy birthday to Bryce
2: Bauman, Bauman, Bauman.
0: Bauman? I don't know. (laughs) We're we're struggling. (laughs) Happy fifth anniversary to Kyle and Raina Hollingsworth. Happy 14th anniversary to Katie and Tyler. In a couple of late editions. happy 37th birthday to Henry Benton. Happy birthday to Prudencio Mendoza. And happy birthday to Hunter Bales. Good stuff. Yep. All right, let's recap some of the big games from week six of college football. But first, the only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 600 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including, yes, my favorite, Java Amoni. The coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone, so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Love's Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit Loves.com.
2: Opolis Clothing is the exclusive home for all of our Oklahoma breakdown merchandise. If you want to live your life in buttery soft comfort, go to OpolisClothing.com. That's O-P-O-L-I-S-Clothing.com. Use promo code TED, T-E-D. For 10% off your entire order, you still get a discount on all the OU and OKC Thunder gear as well. That's opolisclothing.com. Use promo code TED for 10% off. Buttery soft and 10% off.
0: And Make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join, and as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Remember, financial aid is available. All right, week six, college football recaps. Let's start with TCU at KU. The Horn Frogs go and get it done in Lawrence. They win 38-31 in what was an awesome football game. Watch this one on Sunday, man. Uh, a bit of a defensive struggle in the first half. You were probably really in a, really enjoying that first half, Ted. And then you, you just had some some situations early in that game. That fumble by Jalen Daniels at the goal line, that was obviously a big play in the game. Instead of going up 7-3, give the ball back to TCU. They go 99 to go up 10 to nothing. But then Jalen Daniels goes down, and it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, well, that's kind of that's kind of the game. But Ted, Jason Bede, hey, he had other ideas, man. Dude,
2: he made some throws. Now, he played really well. Uh, you know, for coming off the bench in a moment like that and replacing a guy that, you know, up up until that point, the entire country thought was the whole team you know the last couple weeks have been impressive in a defensive battle against Iowa State where they didn't score in the second half won that football game now they lose their star player and they got a guy come off the bench and make some of the throws and and some of the plays that he made that was
0: impressive yeah and uh, he played a lot for him last year right people remember that name Jason Bean but plot twist turns out
1: a backup quarterback can actually play good football and can throw it well. That, that can happen. Mm. And
0: must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> and he came in and played really, really well. And the second half of that game was so much fun to watch. Uh, turned it kind of that second half, it turned into that offensive battle that we thought it might be uh, going into the game. Uh, just went back and forth like Kansas, they would take the league. TCU would answer. Right. And and even when being through that horrible interception, right. And TCU scored after like Kansas comes right back and answers. And it was just, it was a lot of fun to watch. And you know, when the game was on the line and TCU's offense had to put a drive together, it's what they did, man. Um, Big plays from Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnston and, Quentin Johnson finally had the game, Ted. What do you have, like, 14 catches, something like that? He, going into the game, he had 12 catches on the season, and he had 14 in this game.
2: He's a beast. I still, I still think, like, individually, like, he, I think he's the best receiver in the conference and one of the best receivers in the country.
0: Yeah, some of the stuff he did after the catch was fantastic, right? The, you know, the, the game-winning touchdown. As it turned out to be, was an awesome catch. Now, I really was hoping that Kansas would go score that touchdown because I think they would have gone for two and gone for the win, and I I wanted that drama, but ultimately, TCU's defense gets a stop, and that that game delivered right yep. Game day went to it, and it was a shame that game day was there and ended it was on Fox Sports One, FS one, yeah. but it was it was fantastic. Jason Bean came in. It was amazing. And Max Duggan, now all of a sudden, you look at this performance. You got to start talking about that young man for the Heisman Trophy. Like, he has been fantastic since he's taken over. Now that
2: I think about it, is Jason B? did he play last year when they almost beat us? Yes. Janet Daniels really, was out, right?
0: Yeah, really mobile guy, tall, yep. skinny dude.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he he looked good. Um, but yeah, Max Duggan, hey, you can't argue with the numbers, man. And they look really, really impressive. Efficient, dual threat. He's played great.
1: Utah at
0: UCLA. Woo. UCLA gets it I'm done. You, man. 42 32, babe. UCLA looks good. They look and really good. And all of a sudden, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is like the best player in the country. I mean, the guy's playing with confidence. Just another fantastic performance from the Bruins quarterback. Uh, What, four passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And this game was, it was tight, right? Coming out of the half, 14-10. Coming out of the half, and then UCLA's offense just exploded. Took the game over, and as good as DTR was, that running game, I thought was the real difference. Zach Charbonnet went off a casual nine yards per carry I'll, for Charbonnet.
2: Well, you know, whenever you think back to Chip Kelly and when he had his offenses going the best, everyone thinks of it as a spread, but it was not. They were they led the country in rushing almost every year, like 350 yards a game or something crazy. Yeah, so spread that, you out and run
0: inside zone. Like, that's, right. that's what they did, and you know, Charbonnet was great. I thought UCLA's offensive line was really physical at the point of attack. Uh, biggest play of the game was probably the Rising fumble, which was unfortunate because man, I thought he was really good. Yeah, in the game, like that was clear critical a uh, critical mistake. But I thought Cameron Rising threw it well. it Was a weapon with his legs. There's something funny about watching him run, and I. I think it's the padding he wears underneath his Jersey. Like he, (laughs) it makes him look just very robust. And then he takes off and you're like that little thick dude can run, man.
2: Got that that flat jacket sticking out of his ribs.
0: It is. I mean, he's got extra padding in that thing for sure. But I mean, that fumble, it ends up getting returned to the, what was it? The one yard line UCLA punches it in, but, and that's a nice win. For UCLA, and all of a sudden, they are
2: they Legit. are very
0: much a factor out there in the Pac-12. They How do you good. rank the
2: the top of the Pac-12? The top four teams.
1: I UCLA looks the most impressive physically.
0: Mm-hmm. I and for them to be able to run it against Utah like that, and I know Utah's defense isn't what they were a season ago. I understand that, but. They just—they got some physically imposing dudes, man. The Bobo kid, the wide receiver, had a couple more touchdowns. He was—they just some they just stuff. took
2: it to two really good teams in back-to-back weeks, you know, Washington and Utah. So I, I think they're—they're they're impressive.
0: They are—they are six and zero for the first time since two thousand five. Wow! So
1: it, it's taken Chip Kelly a while, man, but he—he's got it rolling. Got to give yep. him his credit. Texas A&M, Alabama. Mm.
0: We did not get the beat down we all were hoping for. I know. (laughs) I kept looking
2: at that thinking, oh, my God, are they going to do it again?
0: I I mean, would you think about Saturday for OU fans? You get just throttled by Texas. Uh, USC wins, still undefeated. Uh, I think we can all acknowledge how that makes a lot of people uh,
1: around here feel. Oklahoma State gets a nice win. Oklahoma State is undefeated. Texas A&M holds their own against Bama. Just, <laughs> I
0: feel like OU fans. We just got piled on on Saturday, man. It was not. It was not fun.
2: You know, every now and then, whenever it goes bad like this, you, you just gotta. Just immerse yourself in it, right? Just feel all of the nastiness. Just wallow around in it. Get all muddy. Get all nasty. And just just bring it on. Bring on the pain. It'll make us better, right? It's, we're we're going to come out of it stronger.
0: Yeah, let's hope. <laughs> all right, A&M Alabama, um, in a shocking revelation, it turns out Alabama is probably a better football team with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback.
2: Yeah, but Milrose makes for a more entertaining football
0: game. Oh, my goodness. I mean, <laughs> Talk about the peaks just, and valleys, right? Just uh, – I mean, just the ultimate, oh, my God, and then, oh, my God, <laughs> player. Uh, he turns out – I mean, it turns out if Alabama commits four turnovers and misses two field goals, they can play a close game with Texas A&M. And like you mentioned, Milrose did some exciting things, did some fun things, but some points in that game just – holding on to the ball way too long, right? Uh, fumbles had the pick. It was all of the first half. I mean, it was an absolute roller coaster with Milrow, but I mean, it came down to the last drive of the game. AM had the ball to go win it. And, you know, there was the fantastic play on the jump ball from Evan Stewart. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure PI was the right call to kind of set up that dramatic situation on the last play, but Hey, you know, they called it. I, some people have complained about the last play, uh, Johnny Manziel in particular. Do you see his tweet? I didn't. He, uh, he was not a fan. Uh, here it is right here. One of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. You have one play to beat the number one team in the country. That's what we run. <laughs> <laughs> so there was that, but, I thought Evan Stewart, I'm pretty sure it was Evan Stewart there, the outside wide receiver, like, he ran a good route. Haynes King was just like an hour late with the football. Yeah. I don't know what he was doing. It's like he's there. If the ball's on time, Texas A&M wins that game. I, I believe that. But the dude, it's like, he had to see Evan Stewart get open first before he let it go. I
2: was like, throw the damn ball, kid. You only got, you got that split-second window to fit it in there before it's too late. Oh, man. I, for one, though, am glad he waited too long to throw the football.
0: <laughs> if a would have beat I, I, Bama. I,
2: I can't live in that world. I just – I can't.
0: That would have been – I mean, you talk about making a bad day even worse for OU fans. Oh, my goodness. Um, a couple other things on that game. Uh, I hate the way Haynes King throws. I – it's it's nothing personal against the kid. I just really dislike watching him play football. I just I'm not a fan. I, I I'm not. Um, if you if you liked punts, go check out the first quarter of this game. Who if would you, you
2: rather watch, watch, Haynes King or Petrus?
1: Haynes King. <laughs> I think. I mean, I'm
0: out on Petrus. So out, but. <laughs> The other thing is Jameer Gibbs is fun to watch, man. Whew. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, explosiveness. Stud. Once he sees the hole, man. Um, he, I thought he was really good for Bama, and there are some runs where I'm just kind of on the couch making random noises, like, oh, uh, oh. Yeah, like, Wait, what am stud. I doing? But he was, uh, he was fun to watch in that game.
2: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a transfer portal win for Alabama there, and they've had they've had a bunch of them, and uh, that one for sure has paid dividends for him this season.
0: He's a stud. All right, let's finish up with our winners and losers of the weekend. But first...
2: It's football time in Oklahoma, and there's nothing better to drink at the tailgate than Clubby Seltzers. Clubby Seltzers is an Oklahoma company that is already winning national awards because their product is delicious. It tastes exactly like a Club Seltzer. It tastes exactly like a Club Special... But it's a seltzer. They're not just for the tailgate, either. They're perfect to drink on the golf course, by the pool, after mowing the lawn, whatever. If you haven't tried Clubby Seltzers yet, go grab some. You won't regret it. Clubby's first variety pack is out. They've got some new flavors out. they got a new can. If you want to find a place near you that has Clubby's, visit clubbyseltzers.com.
0: And attention, business owners. You need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverages offering coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best in class, connect with Insurica at insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? I
2: had to go with Major League Baseball, and I know we had a lot of college football stuff going on and NFL today, but Major League Baseball absolutely delivered with some awesome drama. Um, we got a game three tonight, winner take all with the Mets and the Padres. Um, the cards go down to Philly, but it was cool to see uh, Albert Pujols and uh, Yadier Molina, their last, their, their farewell together. Both those guys had, had some hits there in that game. Cleveland has a walk-off home run in the 15th. Uh, now they're going to go on to face the Yankees in the ALDS. And then the comeback, Seattle comes back at Toronto, what, down seven, have a seven-run comeback there in, in stun Toronto uh, to move on there. So it's been awesome. Playoffs have absolutely delivered so far for Major League Baseball.
0: Yeah, some people were wondering how the three-game wildcard series would go. Uh, pretty good. Been pretty crazy, been pretty good. Did you see, I was, I, I watched some of that Guardians game, which, oh my gosh, it what it was like scoreless in the 15th or whatever it was. Have you seen their pitching stat line? Uh, yeah, what, they gave up one run. By... Here it is right here. So in, in the two games, so in the two games in that series, pitching staff, 24 innings, nine hits, one run, 29 strikeouts. Woo. That'll get it done. They are on fire. in that, that is series between them and the Yankees. Now I only watch baseball when it's the playoffs. Same. I will be dialed into that one.
2: They better keep that, that pitching. Cause they're about to face the, uh, the gauntlet of bats, uh, there with the Yankees. So that'll be fun. That'll be, that'll be a nice little, uh, nice little drama there in the ALDS.
0: This is where we're at, man. This is where OU football has driven Yay, us
2: to baseball,
0: To baseball. What is happening, bro? <laughs> oh, this is awful. All right. Who do you have as your loser of the weekend? I had to go with Draymond green. Oh my gosh.
2: Now this whole situation, it's been crazy. You know, heard about what went down and then the video leaks into anyone that doesn't know. Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, like just at a practice, get into it. Draymond Green, you could see him like, which the video leaked and I don't know who leaked it or what, but they probably got paid a ton of money by TMZ. I would be, uh, I would guess. But, I would assume
0: uh, some like low level video person leaked that and they have zero regrets because Draymond Green is probably a huge asshole to them.
2: No doubt. No. Or they may doubt. be like
0: Jordan Poole. Maybe yeah. both.
2: Maybe probably both, yeah, probably yeah. both, um, but it's out Draymond green. You could see him talking nonstop. And I don't know what the history there of, of that is. And he goes over, gets in his face, Jordan Poole pushes him. And then he delivers a, uh, an all out overhand, right. And connects, but you know, I'm kind of torn on this, which I hate Draymond green, There's parts of there's some things about him that I respect, but there's more hate than there is respect. Um, But this is, you know, this is interesting to me because. This is not a unique situation. I stuff like this happens a lot. Not a lot, but it happens and. Like the video getting out is going to get everyone all kind of up in arms about it and how horrible it is, but I mean, this is kind of a, a fairly a routine type of thing between
0: yeah. teammates at times. Fights, fights in practice is routine. A, a guy knocking another guy unconscious because he barely shoved him—I wouldn't say is exactly routine, especially a guy that you're a lot bigger than. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and that's that's Draymond Green's whole, like, his whole aura. Now, he's one of the better defensive players, whether people want to acknowledge it or not. He's one of the best defenders we've seen in the NBA in a long, long time. And that's why he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But his whole thing is, like, yes, he holds his teammates accountable and, like, he's extremely demanding. It looks like he's awful to play with. But it's, like, it was always, like, him protecting his guys. Like, that was his role, right? right? And now people see him differently, I think.
2: It, it looks exactly like we all would expect him to be, right? And like he's, he claims that the video is like shown the way that it's shown to make it look worse than it was.
0: I, I saw that quote and I was like, dude, the guy kind of shoved you, he's way smaller than you. And you unloaded as hard as you could and knocked him unconscious. Which I mean, what
2: happened? He's (laughs) pushing you because you got up and, like, it's not like he went to you, like, you both went at each other and he pushed you, like, signaling, All right, here we go. Well, you walked all the way down to him and got in his face, and he's pushing you to say, You know, get out of my face, get away from me. Like, 100% instigated and brought on by Draymond Green. Now, physically i don't know what the what the verbiage was going on between the two guys and what that history is there but like just from watching that clip it's it's apparent to anyone that the entire thing is caused by draymond green
0: yeah and you see where he has stepped away from the team yeah i my favorite thing is my favorite thing that there's a lot of basketball players that are just really, really pissed off that the video got leaked. That's yeah. it. They haven't like addressed anything about, you know, Draymond Green knocking the absolute hell out of Jordan Poole. It's just like, whoa, how, who did this? Who put it out there? And it's like, listen, man, if you're going to miss mean, 2022, if you're going to knock a guy out in practice, like video might get out. I mean, yeah. I mean, well,
2: I don't know. Was that, could you tell if that was practice video or was that surveillance of the court?
0: I, it kind yeah. of looked like practice video to me.
1: Yeah. Just from the angle. And like yeah. the quality, I I don't know, but it was not a good look for Draymond Green. Now no. I will say, it's an impressive punch. Yeah.
0: I, I think, you know, you and I, we both have a certain opinion of basketball fights. That was the best punch I've ever seen from a basketball player. It's
2: nice to finally see an actual fight take place, you know, I will say, I wish it was more of a, um, a mutual conflict, but you know, there you have it.
1: Yeah.
0: That's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. It's like, you
2: know, I, I feel like, and, and maybe, maybe you're different and can convince me otherwise, but. Like, Draymond Green's done a bunch of really good things in his career. He's won a lot of, a lot of big games been a part of some really important runs but like this I feel like is what's going to stick with him that video
1: I I think he'll always be
0: remembered for being you know the anchor of those defenses of all those championship teams
1: but yeah I don't think there's any doubt that it's it will change the perception that a lot of
0: Warriors fans has of him. Like, I'm not sure how much it changes the perception of, you know, other NBA fans, you know what I mean?
2: Well, it validates all the hate that he's ever gotten, you know, and there's always been the pushback from Golden State fans that it's actually, it's rooted in the right place. And, you know, he's a team guy and he's always, he's always there for his teammates and he just wants to win. And, but now it's like, you, you, you can't, whether that's been the, the truth or not all this time, like you're not going to be able to convince anyone of it ever again.
0: No. And I loved it. It was Chris Haynes who was kind of doing most of the reporting on it before the video came out. It was, it was almost, it was like Jordan pool. The, there was this build up. He deserved it almost is kind of how it felt. And then we all saw the video and we we're like, no, um, no, that yeah, is, and I guess uh, there's,
2: there's been a history between those two, like verbally in practice and stuff, Michigan,
0: but, Michigan state, man. Yeah. I, I don't know, but that was, I don't know how he goes back into lo- that locker room. Like,
2: I guess he's already apologized to the team and to Jordan pool and Jordan Poole's family and his family. Now, I don't know if that means like he did it like via text message or like how that was actually carried out. But, supposedly he's already he's already done all that
1: i i still wonder
2: anything internally do not expect him to miss any games because of suspension
0: yeah no the the nba has been pretty hands-off with that stuff they usually just let let teams handle it but yeah man a probably a long weekend for draymond green (laughs) long weekend all right let's get to my winner and loser but first
2: First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more, they do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank with First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information.
0: And if you're a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you are doing. Head to your favorite liquor store and buy, buy some Balcones products. You've got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcony's Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcony's Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. Remember in 2012, Balcony's Single Malt won the Best in Glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then balcony's products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit BalconesDistilling.com. All right, for my winner of the weekend, I'm going with the Tennessee Volunteers, man. I, I thought about going with Verstappen. This just in. He won, Ted. <laughs> that all, shocker. All, all things are back all things are back to normal in the formula one world. I won't bore you with any of the details, but uh winner of the weekend, I, uh, the Tennessee volunteers, uh, the fighting Josh Heupel's are five and zero oh for the first time since 2016 went to death Valley and absolutely handled LSU a uh, death Valley. Doesn't quite hit the same at noon. Eastern. Yeah. I, that, that 11 AM central kick that, not as an intimidating of of as intimidating, if I could speak. It's not as an intimidating of an environment.
2: Yeah. It's not if if you can happen to play on the road in a early kick against LSU, you've won the lottery. Uh, as that place gets out of control at night. But you know what's crazy? And I didn't see in this game, but you know, I've seen some crowd shots recently at that stadium and that place is not full and it ain't even close to full. So, um, just, just kind of interesting there, but man, credit Heupel. He's done a fascinating job. There was handed a program like on the ropes with what all had gone on there and has done a really, really good job so far. He got handed his ass whenever he first showed up by the transfer portal and He's done a really good job climbing out of that hole, and it's going to have to be something that, you know, the Sooners are going to have to mirror a little bit. Whenever you see the job that he's done after showing up, and everyone kind of left town right before he got started.
0: Yeah, five and zero, oh, and now ranked sixth in the country. Woo! And you look at you look at that LSU game. I'm not going to pretend like LSU didn't help him out. They absolutely did, right? You you fumble the opening kickoff and you hand and Hooker and that ball's offense the ball to twenty seven yard line, that is that is not an ideal to start, uh, not an ideal way to start a football game <laughs> if you're LSU. But Hinton Hooker man, he was great again, uh, threw it well. Really, I really like the balance we saw from their offense. Yeah, I mean they were running it at will with Small and right. They're like one two combo at running back, and then you add what Hooker can do with his legs. Uh, Some of the big plays from their wide receivers, uh, they didn't have Cedric Tillman, and it'll be interesting to see when their best wideout comes back. But Jalen Hyatt, and how about Brew McCoy, man? hype has got Brew McCoy like he is resurrected. I McCoy, 140 yards receiving for that dude. Everyone,
2: well, I'd say everyone, I guess just me, but I feel like this is common. uh, Forgot about where he was and like what he was doing. Had that weird start to the beginning of his – college career, and he's found a home there. It feels like he's happy and comfortable, and Josh Heupel's made him a a part of that offense, and he's thriving.
0: Yeah, and you know, gotta give that Tennessee defense some credit too. Now, Jaden Daniels, that LSU offense, they moved the ball, but Tennessee was really good against the run and made plays when they had to make them. When LSU went forward on fourth down, LSU 0 for 3 on fourth downs, and they were all really important place in that game. The only thing, the only negative for Tennessee from that performance against LSU, those gray jerseys are nasty. Ugh. Those are gross.
1: Why, yeah. why not
0: embrace that orange The like the Sherbert orange? It's a good orange. It's like out of all the oranges. And I have a very negative reaction to the color orange. Just how I was raised. Like, they're like dream sickle. Orange bothers me the least. Why don't wear orange? Don't wear. Uh, I, what was yeah,
2: that? It's gross. I don't know. Everyone likes their little change up, I guess, for whatever reason, but I'm with you. Keep it traditional. Maybe it's me getting older. I don't know what it is, but you know, every now and then I'll come across one that I really like. Uh, that was not one of them. I'm okay. Saying that.
0: Yeah. Now. They played really well in them, so what do I know? But I, I do think that it's probably, I mean, this, this sets up the biggest game uh, of Josh, Josh Heupel's coaching career, right? Number three, Alabama coming to Knoxville. Game day is going to be there. Um, massive football game for that program. Yep. Well, and We'll see what Bryce Young's availability is. Like, if it's Milrow – Feel pretty damn good about Tennessee in that game. But yeah. we'll see. I,
2: I feel like Tennessee's I haven't looked at their schedule recently, but I feel like they've got the gauntlet coming. Um I think they've got Bama and Georgia and maybe Kentucky all coming up in a in a row, I feel like. So
0: but they've got Bama, then UTM, which is UT Martin. So I'm gonna chalk that one up as a win. But then yeah, Kentucky, Georgia after yeah. that.
2: Yep. So they, they get a little
0: her. break before the uh, the Kentucky Georgia combo, but yeah, nice uh, the we'll tough stretch.
2: Out. We'll find out if Tennessee's for real here in the month of uh, October.
0: There's no doubt, and I guess I hadn't even really thought about the Hypo thing, but watching him have Tennessee where they're at right now. Probably doesn't make OU fans feel any better, just like USC being undefeated, <laughs> Oklahoma State being undefeated, getting warped by Texas. Just a it's a rough weekend, man. But all those teams, uh, no, Texas, well, they're back in the top 25 now, but all those other teams in the top 10 in the country just is,
2: is rough it weekend. Is it, is it us? Is that the problem? Is it us?
1: Everyone else? Are we cursed?
2: <laughs> Are we cursed? We're fine. We're fine.
1: All right. For my loser of the weekend.
2: We will be fine eventually.
1: Yeah. Bad
0: football team now. Still believe in the, uh, in the program programs in a good place. Football team is not. That's the best way to put it. (laughs) Right. Uh, my loser of the weekend, uh, thought about going with Mark Stoops. Did you see this whole thing? Woo. Well,
2: unfortunately you just feel like these things come back around. Don't they?
0: Yeah, so going all the way back to SEC media days, uh, Mark Stoops, he had made a comment about, you know, goofy sunglasses and dancing that everyone interpreted as a bit of a shot at Shane Beamer. Well, South Carolina went to Lexington and won. And and I know that Kentucky didn't have Will Levis, but still, that's a big win for Shane Beamer for South Carolina. And what did Shane Beamer do after the game? He reminded everyone what Mark Stoops said, and then he put some goofy sunglasses on and he danced his ass off in that locker room. I love uh, that guy, man.
2: No, he's awesome. That's so good. And they needed one, man. They needed a a big win. Um, they were reeling and it's good to see them. He's a guy that's, he's so easy to root for,
0: man. Yeah. But my loser of the weekend, I'm going, uh, I watched every bit of that London game, the green Bay Packers, my loser of the weekend. Mm. And I will say I appreciate the London game. I kind of like it. it's nice, and I, it's nice, nice early little appetizer there on an NFL Sunday. But Packers got to be miserable flying all the way back from London after blowing a double digit lead uh, to the Giants. That that can't be fun. But it was a weird, like it felt like the Packers were in full control of that game, and then they just they weren't. I, I mean, it was bizarre. Like the the offense was rolling, but then it just completely stalled in the second half and the packers continue to struggle to put all four quarters together offensively and no points just shut out in the second half by that giants defense you got to give those guys credit but and it was a bad combination for the packers right offense completely bogs down and then there's kind of like that middle portion of the game where the giants found a rhythm offensively Scored on five straight drives. It was, you know, field goal, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. And then all of a sudden they were winning. And you're just like, wait, what is, what is happening here? And got to give Daniel Jones some credit, man. I, I still think he's a little banged up, but used his legs when he had to use them. Thought he managed the game really well as a passer. Ted, like it's a, it's a nice comeback win for the giants.
2: No, it is. Um, yeah, it, it's uh it's good to see how big of a difference that Saquon Barkley makes whenever he's healthy. Right. You can see this dude is, is still a stud. I mean, he had, he'd kind of fallen off the radar for a while after some, uh, some injury issues, but he's back in a big way and he helps them out a ton. Yeah. Hey, the giants, man, they're, I'm not going to act like they're for real or anything, but you know, they've, They've got an opportunity there in that NFC East. It doesn't feel like it's a, a juggernaut-driven division this year.
0: Four and one. Day Bowl. Four and one. And, you know, a couple things from that game. You mentioned the Saquon Barkley. Some Wildcat stuff there for Saquon Barkley. It worked well. <laughs> I mean, it worked. there was a couple plays in that game where you just like, oh, my gosh, this guy. He's in the open field, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. Uh, They also had the double reverse pass that wasn't thrown, right? Bellinger, the
1: tight end, just kind of ends up plowing his way into the end zone. That play was fun, but I, I will say Green Bay, their offense I enjoy. Aaron Rodgers, the, his ability to
0: just get the ball out of his hand quickly and just like flick it all the way to the sideline on like some bubble or quick screen is just, it's, it's like mesmerizing to watch.
2: Yeah. He's still incredible and he's getting up there in age and he's, he still makes some of the most unbelievable plays and he makes them a lot of times. He makes it look totally ordinary, uh, which is what, what's his specialty.
0: He, the only thing I'm, I'm not sure what he's doing with his hair. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, I'm kind of torn on it. I want to, I want to let the man live his life, but uh,
1: I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. He, he has somehow pulled off. Like he's the
2: rare multimillionaire that if you didn't know who he was, you could mistake him for a homeless guy. That's not easy to do.
1: It's true. I, 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 bet you he would, he would change
0: his hair if they would play some better offense,
1: <laughs> play I'll a full still never full
0: four quarters of offense.
2: That you do. I think we talked about it. I think was it last year, whenever there was that guy in the crowd that looked I, I just exactly like him at the Green Bay game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that guy's so made funny. many appearances. I we haven't seen that guy lately. I don't think. But, oh, you know, wow. well, I think he's British, if I yeah, remember correctly. that's right. That's Something right. like that. Well, that was – we're, we're going to keep doing our best, people. That's our promise. We will uh, we'll keep trying to bring you the best content covering Oklahoma football out there. But we're suffering just like y'all are, <laughs> putting, on this, putting on this brave face. Episode 256 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Wednesday, most likely. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 3 to 6 on 94.7 The Reft. You can hear me from 2 to 5 on SiriusXM, Big 12 Radio, Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. And until next time, we appreciate you all for listening. Do what you always do at home. Take care of each other.
3: one.